Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi everybody, it's Helen from the Squiggly Careers podcast. If it's your first time listening, welcome. This is a weekly podcast. Normally you hear from me and Sarah and we talk about the ups and downs and the ins and outs of Squiggly Careers. But today I'm actually not joined by Sarah. I'm going to be joined by somebody called Sylvia Ann Hewlett, who you may or may not be aware of. I'll tell you a bit more about Sylvia in a second. And we are going to talk about the topic of sponsorship. And this is part of our Ask the Expert series where we find people to talk to who know a lot about a very specific topic that we think can help you right now in your squiggly career. So let me tell you a little bit more about Sylvia and her work. So Sylvia is an economist, she's an author, and she's an expert in talent development. She's got a PhD in economics, she's the author of 10 articles on Harvard Business Review, and also the author of 10 books, including two of my favourites, which are relevant to today's topic. And that is the first one, Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor, and also The Sponsor effect. I first saw Sylvia speak when I was at BP, so this is about 10 years ago, and her work has stuck with me since then. I think sponsorships are a really important part of how people can succeed in squiggly careers, and she's such a great expert on this topic, and I don't see that much written. There aren't that many books on sponsorship and Sylvia has written quite a few. And if you actually would like to hear from somebody else on this topic, I really like Carla Harris's TED Talk. I'll link to that so that you've got it as well in the show notes if you want to dive a bit deeper into the topic. But in the conversation that Sylvia and I have, we discuss the difference between sponsorship and mentorship and actually why they're not mutually exclusive. So you can have a sponsor and a mentor and they do something slightly different for you in your career. We talk about why sponsorship is a two-way street, so how you as the person being sponsored can benefit, but also the benefit that the sponsor gets as well. And one of the other things that we talk about is how in the current context, many of us are still working remotely for some, if not all, of our time, but how actually that's not a disadvantage to getting sponsored, how it can actually increase our opportunities for access to people. It's a conversation that is full of practical examples and lots of breadth as well. Like Sylvia talks through lots of different people that she has worked with and how they have used sponsorship to benefit them in their career. And I just feel like it just makes it more realistic and less theoretical. So I hope you find that too. Uh, one of the things that I love that she talks about is the importance of surfacing your invisible assets. So there are lots of strengths that people might see, but there are also lots of invisible assets that you can use to benefit your sponsors and build some of those relationships as well. 
The key insights from the conversation will be captured in our Squiggly Careers pod sheet. And you can get that from amazingif.com. Just go to listen and you'll be able to download that from the episode. And would love to know your thoughts as well on this conversation. The insights that you've gleaned, the actions you're going to take away. You can get in touch with us either on Instagram. So just message us there. We're just at amazingif. Or you can email us if you'd rather do that. We're just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And I'll be back at the end to say goodbye. Hi, Sylvia, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Well, it's great to be with you today. So we are talking today about the topic of sponsorship, and it's something that we talk about on our programs, and I often see people who are curious but don't know much about it, and often I get curiosity and a bit of confusion with mentorship. And so I wonder if we start right there, we try and clean up some of the confusion what is the difference between a sponsor and a mentor? Very simply, mentorship is a gift. You know, a somewhat more experienced person who has a friendly, supportive interest in your progression gives you some advice. Maybe you take some notes, maybe you arrange for coffee in three months. But, you know, it's about your development and it's advice at the edges. Sponsorship, on the other hand, is an investment. It's a senior person who sits in a seat where they can open doors for you. And essentially, you impress the heck out of them <laughs> because you do have to give before you get, and then they open the doors. So it's about an exchange of value, if you like. Let me give you an example. Tiger, Tiger, what a name for a CEO. Tiger Tierjarigan, CEO of Genpack, a big business services firm. He three years ago, decided to sponsor someone called Katie Stein. Why did he want to invest in this project, right? <laughs> well, he was looking for two things. He said, look, I want a different muscle, a different voice at our leadership table. I'm looking for a chief strategy officer, can look at the long run, can drive consensual conversations, can bring in knowledge from the outside. He said, the problem with us leaders right now, we're all kind of alpha men. We're mostly engineers. We're great, <laughs> but we got to mix it up. So he was looking for this different muscle. And he said, I also need a woman because we're expanding in Romania. There are all kinds of female technologists in Eastern Europe. We want to become a magnet for them. And, you know, you can't be what you can't see. So unless we have some women at the top who are fantastic, we won't be able to tap into this new talent. So, you know, Katie was up for both those things. She thought it was fantastic that she was truly valued. And what did she get out of it? Well, she had a great career at BCG. You know, she was a very valued piece of that company. But she wanted to be in a real corporation, not just advising, but actually running the show. And becoming the part of the C-suite in a big company was a dream of hers. But she also went out of her way to say to Tiger, you've got to have my back. I want you to set me up for success. So what he then did for her, he gave her the prime spot at the big retreat that winter to present to the investors. And he took her out to meet the key stakeholders at the firm. So they were delivering for each other like crazy. It's transactional. I always say that, you know, sponsorship is this two-way street. Now, you can have a mentor as well <laughs> because they can be fantastic when you're struggling. 
you know, it's a safety valve. You can kind of complain to a, <laughs> a mentor or have them, you know, sort out some fork in the road that you're dealing with. But the sponsorship relationship is about driving value together. It's about delivering value to each other. It's an investment. I've been familiar with your work since 2013. And yet I see a lot of people still struggling to get a sponsor. And I wonder how much a lack of confidence or an inability to ask for the help is maybe stopping people getting the sponsorship they would benefit from. Well, you know, Helen, this is why I've become very tactical. I've actually got a playbook. How the heck you bring this off? I'll give you an example. I created a video recently around a young Asian woman, 33 years old. Her name is Chen Wang, working at PIMCO on the West Coast. So what she did, which was a fantastic tactic to deepen what was still a mentoring relationship, but she wanted to deepen it into true sponsorship. So she drifted by her mentor's office one day and she said, look, you know, I've got some assets that you perhaps don't know about. And I can see a way in which it could work for the team and for the company. And he didn't have much time. And he said, well, why don't you just think this through, you know, make a list and then let's do a 15 minute Zoom. You know, on Friday, I've got some time at six o'clock. You present it to me. I mean, I don't have time to, you know, do massive amounts of research in terms of your background. So what did Chen do? She made a little list, just six things, three things he probably knew about from her performance reviews and from her resume, uh, the fact that she had been salesperson of the year, for instance, you know, a big feather in her cap. But there were three invisible assets that were on this list. First off, she spoke Russian. (laughs) Uh, She felt that that was an asset these days because the firm was expanding in Russia and he had no idea. (laughs) The other thing she said on this list and she presented it to him via Zoom is look, I'm the chairperson of the Alumni Association of the most prestigious business school in Beijing. I've just been giving some virtual conferences. I mean, you know, moderating sessions, you know, organizing the whole thing. I have an amazing network of up and coming, you know, Chinese. executives who are a natural market for some of our products. Let's work together and, you know, try and create a new venture. So he was awoken (laughs) to the power of difference, right? Her ethnicity, right, and the specifics of her background were hidden, somewhat invisible to the firm, but she saw ways to translate this into stuff that could be valuable. And it took a 15 minute Zoom call. And so would you suggest, because I love the idea of making it sort of tactical for people, even though it's a strategic thing to do for your career, you can kind of start tactical, almost to write down your visible strengths, because you've got to believe in those and be confident in them, but then also think about some of your invisible value as well. Yes, because, you know, another example I I use in this playbook is a, a young gay guy. Uh, So he was toiling away at Merrill Lynch, you know, in the lower ranks of the wealth management division. And he realized that he had these amazing networks of gay professionals that he had chaired or ran. He was very active in the gay community. And he said, look, gay individuals have very different financial needs. 
only 14% of us will ever have children, right? <laughs> Our needs at age 60 or 70 are quite different. So he again went to a senior woman who uh, was an Indian woman who understood difference in some ways, but she had no idea of this community. And again, he gave her a set of ideas and then she put him to work. She said, you've got to prove to me that this is a viable concept. I'll give you just a tiny budget, see if you can make stuff happen. I mean, sponsors don't easily lend their credibility, but she honestly had not thought that through. And in that particular case, they grew a whole business for Merrill Lynch because they designed products, right? Financial products that suited, you know, the lifetime needs of a gay couple or a gay individual, et cetera, et cetera. So utilizing the power of your special assets. And it could be, for instance, an amazing knowledge of the New Jersey marketplace. Or in my case, having grown up in Wales, right, which is <laughs> a very specific context in which one needs to have some cultural fluency to position a message or indeed a product. And so it's not just about what strengths are visible and what value might be invisible. It's also what makes you distinctive and unique. And it's in that you can almost make your pitch to your sponsor for support. Yes. And of course, In a weird way, uh, the remote working that we're all involved in right now make it almost easier because Shen's story happened at the beginning of the pandemic and people were going into lockdown. And it was actually a whole lot easier for her mentor that she wanted to move to being a sponsor of hers to free up 15 minutes on Friday than to arrange some elaborate breakfast or something, right? So in strange ways, this can work. I think that's really good to hear because a lot of people that I talk to as well have almost said, oh, well, networking and personal development has got harder over the last 12 months because I'm not seeing people informally quite as much. But actually your access in that example, the availability and access increases. Right. And, you know, I think an enormously good tactic is to look around your world and see if there's a key person who can open a door you need to be opened. And if you're a beginning entrepreneur, you need that funding, right? If you're climbing a ladder in government or in the private sector, there's always someone up there who you know, if you can, again, impress the heck out of them and they end up understanding your value, can do powerful things for you. So identify people who sit, right, in those positions. Ask them for a little mentoring. That is acceptable because everyone knows it's pretty light touch. And then turn them into sponsors. That is the most in your own power (laughs) pathway to sponsorship. And so if I was to take that example with you, for example, I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just trying to work this through, Sylvia. But let's say I said, Sylvia is a woman who can open a door that would be valuable to my career. I'm going to start with mentoring. So the first question that I might ask you would be around could you share some of your advice and experience with me? You've done some of the things that I would love to do. So it's more of a mentoring ask. And then I would then turn that into, after having that meeting and hopefully had a sense of connection with you, I would then, the next question that I would ask would be more of a, Sylvia, there's an opportunity that I'm interested in. Could you please help me? No. Okay. The second conversation is quite different. Okay. First one is absolutely, you know, that you are seeking guidance and how much you would value it because you identify in some way with the amazing things this person has done and it reflects your own ambitions in life. 
The second conversation is, what can I do for you? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it is different. And I'll give an example from a few years back. I realized, you know, you always want new sponsors because unless you're 85 and totally checked out, you always need people to open doors, right? This is a lifelong set of muscles <laughs> that you're building. So I realized that what I would love to do would be to have a little more influence in Washington in policy because I done a lot of work with private sector and I thought, well, I could contribute. But then I didn't know anyone in Washington who was powerful. So I got out my Rolodex, I mean, literally dusted it off and I found someone, someone called Andrew Kruger, who I had taught with at Princeton, you know, many years ago, who was now the head of the Council of Economic Advisors. And then I thought to myself, You've got to give before you get. So I figured out what I could do for him that would help him. And then I called him. He took my call. He remembered me, which was fantastic, right? And I said, you know, how great to be connected again. I realized that you just had a whole lot of additional project dumped on your shoulders because Obama had asked him to do a whole deep dive into Black women and poverty. And I said, you know, I've done work on that. I can pull some data together and I'll come down and give a presentation because it might help get this thing going. He almost fell off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> because if an old friend, you know, calls you and you're in a position of power, you groan and you think, well, they're going to ask for something. But I didn't. So I did a whole lot of free work for him. You know, I went down and, you know, he was very, um, he had very little head count to put on this. So it was enormously helpful to him. And then six months later, he made the phone call to the White House to get me on the committee that I wanted to be on. So just in that example, that person in a position of power and whether it's politics or the private sector or whatever level somebody's at, is there more than a position of power that makes somebody a good sponsor? Like I'm thinking if someone's listening now and they're like, oh, wow, so I have to ask to help them. And they're scanning around their organisation and they're trying to spot their sponsor. It's someone that can open a door that they're interested in. So they've got access and a position of power. Is there anything else that makes that profile? Well, you know, along with delivering something of value, the other thing that is very, very important in terms of reframing sponsorship is attitude. And again, let me tell a story because stories stick. Melody Hobson, you know, who's now, you know, a pretty famous black woman in America. She's on the Disney board. She's president of Ariel Investments, which is a financial services firm that only deals with the black community. She joined that firm straight out of Princeton. And she joined the firm because she had a passion for helping black families achieve financial security. And she became the chief of staff to the CEO, John Rogers. As he said, look, I expected her to be an amazing performer. I expected her to be on mission and totally committed. But the thing she delivered that made her stand out is that she left her ego at the door. She was willing to, you know, fix a tech snafu or run off to the Chamber of Commerce at nine o'clock Friday evening to give a speech because he couldn't do it, right? <laughs> she understood that she was in the business of making that firm and him successful. And, you know, even if you don't have all kinds of special skills or speak Russian, I think it's that attitude of being enormously proactive and leaving our ego at the door so that people understand your enthusiasm and exhilaration at the opportunity to work with this senior person. 
And the other value add she eventually brought to the table because then he was ready <laughs> to give her uh, you know, all kinds of chances. She designed a whole strategy, which was outreach to women, black women, because she said, look, it's a different marketplace from black men in terms of what they're doing on this planet, you know, and they're actually earning better than black men in, in the States, et cetera, et cetera. But it was her attitude. He used to call, I mean, this sounds strange. He used to call her his grasshopper. So I said to Melody, I said, you know, are you sure I should use that word? It doesn't sound respect-filled enough. She said, no, use it. <laughs> That's really what I was. Now, obviously, you know, the grasshopper became, you know, the president of the company by the time she was 31. But it, the attitude bit, I think, is, again, so different. That energy. Mentees are taught to be pretty passive. They ask for help and they take advice. And so you have to change your mindset when you move into the sponsorship frame. And you've got to become indispensable, you know, to <laughs> this person, let's assume is very busy, <laughs> doesn't have enough bandwidth, and you can be transformative. And I think maybe that's part of the challenge because that takes an investment, doesn't it? It takes, if you want to go and be a good protege for a sponsor, then that proactivity, that attitude, that being clear about how you can help and making that offer, that takes an effort. So that's, so it's not easy. It's easier to be a mentee and get a mentor. Right. And you can't fake it. There's an authenticity to your passion. I mean, for instance, you know, Melody couldn't fake her devotion to this firm. She really believed that it was making a huge difference. And, you know, you can think about all of the folks in the not-for-profit sector working at shelter or, you know, the Shine Trust, you are there because you love the mission of this place. But that shouldn't disallow you from wanting to be a leader there. The tactics are the same. And so if someone's listening to this now, and they've had a bit of an aha moment with the, oh, that's the difference. And that's what I need to do to get the sponsorship that can help me succeed in my career. What would your advice be for the first thing that they should do if they're thinking, okay, I understand this, it's good for my career this year, I want to get started with sponsorship. What do you think would be the first most meaningful thing that they could do to help themselves? Well, I think you need to have two things in your back pocket. One is doing this inventory of your currency in the world, you know, your assets. And it's exciting because you're actually trying to distill the strengths you have. And some of them are hidden, uh, which is why this is incredibly good for diverse individuals or even people like me that come from, you know, weird and fashionable pieces of Wales, <laughs> which had its own burdens. But it's really about lifting up your whole self. And I don't know whether people have seen the Oprah interview of Meghan and Harry. But one thing Megan said was that in one of her meetings early on in her career as a royal, she was told to tone herself down. They only wanted 50% of her. She was a little much. Oprah said, well, I don't know how that's survivable if you can only be showing 50% of yourself. But that is the experience of, you know, I think many women, many diverse individuals in the workplace. So, the example I gave from the young Chinese woman, Chen, I mean, it's a fabulous example. And, you know, there are ways in which 
creating an inventory of your assets and figuring out what might be valuable <laughs> in the career that you're building is an amazing exercise. The second one, you've got to dream and figure out what your destination is. Because unless you know where you're going, you don't know who you need to open doors. And then boil it down to a five-year plan and then a two-year plan. So if I've done that, I've got my dreams and I know the doors and I've really thought about my strengths. Are there any other protege pitfalls that you see people, once they start embarking on a sponsored journey, are there any things that you have seen where it's gone awry or gone wrong that people could set themselves up for not those pitfalls? Trust is central. You need to show and wear on your sleeve the fact that you're totally reliable and trustworthy because no one in their right mind is going to want to sponsor someone who's, you know, bad-mouthing the team on social media, right? <laughs> or talking to the competition about, you know, jumping ship. So that's the biggest mistake you can do is somehow breach the trust because you are asking this more senior person to take a risk on your behalf. And it is a risk because they're going to suggest you for some you know, big opportunity or for the next job or for a pay raise. And if you screw up or if you betray the team, it's egg on their face as well as yours. So the trust thing has to be at the core of what you understand to be an imperative, right, of this relationship. And it's pretty easy to figure out why that is a territory that you need to build and not chip away at. The other thing that strikes me in, in listening to the approach that you need to take to to be successful with sponsorship is that it takes time. I can't just reach out and ask for your help. I have to earn it. I have to earn that trust. I have to offer to help you with my strengths. And therefore, this is something you have to be quite proactive about, recognizing in advance what support you're going to need and then building the relationship sort of before you need it. Well, yes, but, you know, by six months in, there are amazing streams of value going both ways. That is how long it takes. And it lasts on average for six years. So it's, you know, an amazingly worthwhile thing. There are lots of relationships that last a lifetime. You know, they devolve into peer sponsorship at some point. But, you know, think of uh, Sheryl Sandberg, Larry Summers. You know, they still stand up for each other in public. And, and he was transformative for her when she was in her 20s. She was his research assistant at Harvard. He took her to the World Bank as his chief of staff and then to the Treasury. He opened some doors for her in Silicon Valley. And, you know, the rest is history. But she stood up for him when he was on the list for heading up the Fed. She did an op-ed piece about how he was the best economist in America and totally deserved the job. They still understand the enormous worth of the other person. And my last question for you sort of relates to the world of work as it is today. So when I first came across your work in 2013, I think work has only got more complicated, there's more pace, there's more information, there's more change over over that kind of eight-year period. Do you think sponsorship has increased in relevance as a result of that change or do you think it's as important as it has always been? Sponsorship goes back to the Stone Ages, right? It's not a new thing. White guys have been tapping on the shoulder of other white guys, younger white guys, you know, for centuries. 
what is new is trying to give access to everyone else mm. <laughs> and exposing the workings. You know, how do the language of the old boys club was, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's this exchange of value thing. But what I feel about 2021 is that it has never been as important. Just remember that during the pandemic, a quarter of all professional women have been shoved out of the workforce because of the demands of supervising online schooling and dealing with elder care issues. I mean, that is a fact in both Mm. the US and the UK. But you find that when a woman has a sponsor, she doesn't off ramp, she just down ramps a little bit, works one day a week or whatever because her sponsor is making sure she doesn't get a shoved aside. And then you pay a much smaller penalty for whatever time off you took. I mean, I see sponsorship is totally front and center right now in order to keep women from losing the gains that we've made over the last 30 years. And one of the things that we always ask our guests before they go is to share with us a piece of career advice that's either helped you or that you think would help our listeners. Well, you know, I started my third career at 57 and my fourth career at 72. (laughs) I think we don't realise the delights of having impact and influence deep into our later years. And I'm in the midst of being on that (laughs) frontier right now. I also had a child when I was 51. So late bloomers, you know, are doing well in this world and women are very good at all those things. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So thank you so much for listening to this conversation on sponsorship. I hope it was useful. I hope you've taken some different insights away. I think it's a topic that's often not covered in as much depth. And hopefully you've got some of that from this discussion that I've had with Sylvia. As I mentioned right at the start, we summarised some of the key insights and 
giving you some kind of prompts for reflection in the Squiggly Careers pod sheet. Just go to amazingif.com on the listen drop down and you'll be able to download that. And you can use that with yourself. You can use it to help other people as well. But Sarah and I will be back together next week and hopefully you'll be back with us as well. Bye everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.